2: outside alex ferrario and tanner hendrickson i'm brandon Kylie. we are broadcasting live out of the centene community ice center in the enb granite studio and right now we are going out to the brown and crouppen celebrity line to be joined by mike kelly you can check him out on nhl network's program including nhl now nhl tonight and on the fly he joins us now on bk and ferrario mike we appreciate the time man how you doing today
0: Hey, I'm doing great thing. I'm probably not doing as well as St. Louis Blues fans the way that team's playing, but I'm doing pretty well.
1: That is so right, Mike, because for the longest time in in February, it felt like the world was falling apart for the St. Louis Blues because people were like, oh my gosh, this team doesn't have the goaltending, the offense isn't consistent, defense stinks, and now we've seen things turn around. And I, I loved your breakdown on NHL Network uh, yesterday, and that's really the reason we wanted to get you on, was to talk about what we are seeing right now with not just Robert Thomas, but with his line, including Vladimir Tarasenko and Paul. Bucinavich
0: yeah they've been so good together um you know everybody knows about Vladi Tarasenko what he can do incredible shot that spin around shot goal that he had the other night was a a thing of beauty off the touch pass from Thomas um you know Bucinavich that was that was a steal of a trade that was fantastic and you know he's getting a big opportunity in St. Louis playing really well um and and Robert Thomas is just he's he's Established himself as one of the best playmakers in the league. He really has, and you know there was a lot of there's a good young talent there when you're talking, especially about Thomas and Kyrou. And I think it was it was kind of easy to see the breakout season coming from Cairo just because he had done so much in in you know real limited minutes. That knowing this year he would get more of a chance, um you, you could expect that kind of breakout year. Robert Thomas would have been a candidate as well, but what he's done is it's more than I, I, I imagined and, and certainly incredibly impressive. Um, you know some of the things I was talking about yesterday with Thomas specifically it, when it comes to playmaking, there's really key areas that you know with analytics and the company sport logic I work with uh, where you can identify good playmakers, the things that they do well on the ice that are going to translate to assists and ultimately goals for your teammates. Um, and he's top 10 in, in the critical areas, um, you know, completing passes into that dangerous slot area. He's seventh in the league. The one big thing and blues fans will notice from watching him, when he enters the zone with the puck, he's one of the most dangerous guys in the league in either getting a chance himself or setting up a landmate for a chance. He does that on about 35% of his entries, which is fifth best in the NHL. And the guys he's hanging with in that top five are the best of the best. So, it's been a lot of fun to watch, and you know, when I evaluate a line and, and how good are they offensively, uh, because different players play different amounts of ice, uh, et cetera, I'm looking even strength per 20 minutes. There's only one line in the NHL that scores at a higher rate than this line in St. Louis, and that's the Matthews line in Toronto. Uh, the line right below is the Lindholm line in Calgary. To have that Thomas, Bucinavich, Tarasenko line sandwich in the middle, Pretty impressive.
2: Mike, it's interesting you say that because that's what I wanted to get to next. We heard uh, Doug Armstrong last offseason. When the season came to an end in his exit interview, if you want to talk about it that way, with uh, the Blues assembled media, he basically said, hey, listen, we can't be the Colorado Avalanche. We don't have a Nathan McKinnon. We're not going to be the Penguins. We don't have a Sidney Crosby. So we have to do it with the depth of our scoring. But right now, as you just mentioned, they've got one of the best lines in the NHL with the way that those those three are playing together. When they step onto the ice, potentially this uh, this playoff run against uh, the Nathan McKinnon line or the Lindholm lineup in Calgary, are they going to be able to go toe for toe and potentially have as good of a line as those two against Calgary and, and Colorado?
0: Maybe, maybe not. Um, But, you know, to Doug Armstrong's point, I don't think that they have to. I I don't think you have to go into it saying, okay, we're going to put O'Reilly's line up against McKinnon's or we're going to put Thomas' line up against McKinnon or or even Shen's line, whatever it's going to be. Um, Because it's spread out a little bit more in St. Louis, I think you can throw different looks. And that's a really effective way in the playoffs uh, of matching up, Um, especially against superstar players. I mean, I I remember talking to to ex-general managers, scouts, a lot about playoff matchups just because it fascinates me. The, the strategy that goes into matching up against certain players. Um, you know, one great example that I had was, was an XGM telling me how they had a shutdown center and they played him against the other team star in, in the first game. And, and it went great. And the thought was, yo, you go back to it in the next game. And, but then there was, well, no, that player is a superstar. There's no one he's not going to figure out. We're going to throw different looks, keep him uneasy. throw a checking center at him for a couple shifts, throw an offensive guy for a couple shifts. Um, so you've got Ryan O'Reilly, who's, again, in the Selkie conversation. He'd be top five on my list for sure this year. Um, and then, we you know, more offensive line as well with the Thomas line. I think you can throw different looks and, and not necessarily have to be married to anything in particular.
1: Mike, one area of this Blues team that I think people are, are still – if you want to call it concerned about, or the amount of shots that they're giving up. I think they're averaging about 31.7 shots allowed per game, uh, which is right around middle of the pack in the National Hockey League. Should people be concerned about that? Can the Blues overcome that by giving up that many shots on goal?
0: Maybe a little concern. Um, To be quite honest, shots on goal – it's not even in the first couple things that I look at, whether I'm measuring a team offensively or defensively. Um, I get there, but I'm looking more first at the, the quality of those opportunities, the types of those opportunities. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll use St. Louis offensively as an example. They're second last in the league in shot attempts. They don't shoot the puck a lot. They value quality. They're sixth in the league in shots on net from the slot, and they're eighth in expected goals, and they're fourth in goals scored. So that's meaningful right they're winning the areas that you need to win um defensively yeah you nailed it they're kind of middle of the pack in what they give up they do give up a little more than average from the net front area um and they allow passes into the slot at a you know bottom 10 rate but kind of closer to the middle so it's not perfect uh, and again where i would get to to evaluate them defensively is look at expected goals against that's the the probability of the types of shots you're giving up not just the numbers the volume um, and they're 19th right now, which is, you know, it's, it's okay um, but you, to be successful in the postseason. You don't have to be an elite defensive team. Uh, they've had good goaltending this year uh, overall, you know, namely Husso especially, but not alarming, but certainly if you can make some improvements there uh, with how good they've been offensively, then just improves your chances overall.
2: We're talking to Mike Kelly of NHL Network here on 101 ESPN. Mike, tomorrow we're going to see another rematch of the Blues against the Wild for the final time in the regular season, but it's expected oh, yeah. at least <laughs> that that will uh, that will also be a matchup we see in the playoffs in the first round. Uh, how do you see this matchup? How do you view the 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 two teams how they match up against one another?
0: I'm excited for this game tomorrow. We were we were talking about this on the network yesterday. I'd pick a game on the weekend that you're excited to watch. I went straight to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, is he, you know, these two teams are they're they're fun to watch. Like it's good hockey, and um, and they yeah go. they're going neck and neck. I mean, St. Louis has won seven in a row. They're probably thinking they're going to get a bit of separation and lock that two spot down, but Minnesota keeps winning too. So um, it, it's been a great battle. The, the thing with Minnesota that the reason why they give teams trouble um, and they did this to Vegas in the playoffs last year in the first round, that series went seven games. They win the net front. It's a critical, critical area, especially in the playoffs. They're really good offensively in front of the net and they're good defensively in front of the net as well. Um, you look at the season series this year, you know, St. Louis has won both games. They've been tight and, and close. Um, but St. Louis has, won that net front battle against Minnesota. That's, that's so critical. So if I'm a blues fan, I'm watching this game on Saturday. I'm, I'm watching for, you know, are we able to get on top of their goaltender, make it a bit uncomfortable for him? And are we able to keep their heavy guys uh, away from the top of our net uh, and limit those second chance opportunities? Um, But this, you know, these these are two really, really good teams. Uh, They're obviously both on heaters right now. It's a lot of fun to watch them play. They're both top five in scoring um and you know they they do well enough defensively and, and the goaltending is good so um it should be a great game but that, that's to me the key to minnesota is, is you win that net front battle uh kind of like that with, with most teams but especially this one you're, you're going to be in good shape
1: in a seven game series mike would you give the edge to st louis or would you give the edge to minnesota for what we know this season about how both teams are playing
0: I'd, I'd have to dig a lot deeper to, because it's a it's kind of a coin flip to me right now. It, it's yeah. it's close. Um, there's not really many identif- we, identifiable weaknesses I can say with one team that the other team I know can exploit. It's not. It, it, it's really tight. Um, Minnesota. You know, I, I'd probably lean a little a little bit more towards Minnesota. I think there's more. You know, the, there's the, the goaltending's more established, and that doesn't mean that Huso or even Bennington can't go in and, and play as well as the other guy uh, at the end of the ice. It's possible, there's just more of a sample uh, on that side. Um, I think the high, at, you know, Kaprizov is on. <laughs> I don't know how you shut this guy down. Um, I probably like the depth at forward a little better on, on St. Louis, but uh, it'd be so close. I, it, I, I can't imagine it wouldn't go seven games.
2: Mike, we'll get you out of here on this one. When we talk to a lot of people, they everybody seems to view Colorado as the overwhelming favorite in the West. And then there's kind of that second tier of Minnesota, St. Louis, and Calgary. How do you view the gap right now between Colorado and those, those other three teams? Is it significant as it has been for much of the season, or do you think it's closing?
0: I don't think there's a significant gap, but... Um... I, I my my tiers would be Colorado and Calgary in a first tier, and in no particular order. And then, as you say, you get into the St. Louis, Minnesota, um, you know, teams like that. I think Calgary's right there with them. And look, the, the Flames went through a bit of a dip, uh, you know, middle of the season. Um, they've obviously gone on some pretty good runs as well. That team is built to win in the playoffs. And I look at them up and down their lineup. I, I can't poke holes really anywhere. And they've got a superstar top line. Uh, They added some depth. They get to Foley in there. Their their defense, good puck moving. They're very, very good defensive team. They're top two in goals against and expected goals against. They can score. We know that that team is built to win in the playoffs. And if they, if they do end up going up against Colorado, I'm going to look into it a little more. It won't happen in the first round. So we'll have some sample. I'm not handing that to Colorado at all. So, Those, to me, are the two teams in the West, and it won't shock me at all if Calgary is the team that comes out of that conference and and plays for a Stanley Cup.
2: He's Mike Kelly. He's excellent. Over on NHL Network, he appears on NHL now, NHL tonight, and on the fly. You should also give him a follow on Twitter. He's at MikeKellyNHL. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. We appreciate the time, as always. Hopefully, we'll talk with you again soon as we get closer and closer to the NHL's playoff starting up. Anytime. And uh, thanks for having me. Enjoy the game Saturday. It's going to be awesome.